Hey guys, welcome to episode 32 of Defy the Norm. So today I'm sitting down with Caitlin at Runaway Must Bus. And not only does she defy the norm by living in an RV and travels the world uh, with her two kids while homeschooling them, she also is currently hiking the PCT, the entire thing, and she's in the lead, which I think is crazy because it means she's hiking over 25 miles a day. And if you've hiked, you know that 25 miles is a lot of mileage to put in day in and day out. So I'm really excited to talk to her about that. But also, you know, she has a ginormous heart. She has fostered over 30 kids in the last about decade. And uh, just hearing her journey and why she does it and what, you know, gets her motivated and excited to defy the norm uh, was really exciting. So I hope you enjoy this episode. To inspire you to boldly and unapologetically live outside the box, dream big, and question everything. This is the Defy the Norm podcast with nomads with a purpose. I'm so excited to have Caitlin joining me um, today. It's, I know you're going to tell me, no, no, you're badass, but Caitlin, I got to tell you, I had to have the first one because you are so badass. I mean, I hike, but you like put me when it comes to hiking. So welcome, Caitlin. I'm so happy to have you here. I am so happy to be here. I look up to you and your family so much and uh, you are a big inspiration for stuff we do and it's nice to see someone else because I I don't know if you feel this too. There's not many people who travel kind of like how we travel and so it's nice to um, meet someone who isn't so much about oh, this is my really nice rig and like this is another picture of the inside of my bus and another picture of the inside of my van and more like, look at this mountain I climbed. Can you believe I scaled up this wall? Like that, I, I feel not so alone in this kind of like crazy adventure nomad style that doesn't really care if the bus looks amazing or not. So Right. Oh, and that's so true because, I mean, it's great, all of you um, that have amazing rigs. We wish we did yeah, in some yeah. ways, but <laughs> we would never sacrifice what it would take, like whether it's less hiking and more figuring out this entrepreneur side or even like literally, I think I wouldn't even slow down my life enough to like remodel. I've done it. I tried once. Yeah. And I just, I, I just can't sit still long enough. I have to go move and do things. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's just, you know, how we're wired, but you're right. There aren't that many, like, I think yeah. you're kind of like us where every day it's like, okay, what am I going to go do today? What physical am I climbing? Mm -hmm. Am I hiking? I need to be in nature. Yeah. 100%. So, uh, and just to give listeners an idea. So right now, Caitlin is, tell me how many miles you are into the PCT and give us a little quick summary of like what date you started, what date you're hoping to finish by. And Yeah. So I just passed mile 1,500 of the PCT. So I'm over halfway and I have um, about 1,200 to go-ish. I started on March 24th. So I think today I'm really bad at math, but I think it's day 56. 
okay. is how long I've been on it. So I've been trying to do between 25 and 30 miles every day. And my hope is I want to finish in 95 days-ish. So probably around June 25th is the, the big hope. So um, it's been quite the journey. The last few days have been sort of a break where I haven't been in like up to my waist in snow. And so that's been really nice. But what has come with that is uh, because I'm so early in the season, most people don't know this, but if you hike in spring right after snow clears, all the trails are covered with winter trees. So all the trees have fallen and avalanches. And so I have reached the point where the last couple of days I've been crawling over logs and trying to figure out how to like safely get around mudslides. So um, I know I'll be hitting snow soon when I get to Oregon, but it's kind of cool. I can't wait to be done with California. I'm almost done. So that's, that's awesome. That's and I mean, you say 25 to 30 miles and if somebody's not an avid hiker, like you don't realize you guys, 25 miles is <laughs> legit. And it's, it's hard. <laughs> like I, I do some hard hikes, but I rarely put in that kind of mileage and you're doing it back to back days. So Wow. I am so impressed. Yeah. I think feet. in the big, my feet are okay. I so said the, the thing is people ask me about my feet all the time. I grew up a professional ballerina. And so I have learned sort of the nuances of my feet for a long time because you have to dance on point shoes and your feet are your assets. So I kind of have tricks and my feet have been through so much that they are kind of good rough and tumble. But the thing that is hard for me is my ankles are really delicate. <laughs> so I have to wear ankle braces. So I do have one ankle that's been like acting up. But um, another thing about the miles, that if you don't hike a lot, what you don't think about is um, the elevation gain and loss. And that um, call when I did the Colorado trail, which I did in July, that's like 500 miles through the Colorado Rockies. And those are some of the highest collection of 14ers, uh, mountains above 14,000 feet. Yeah. And every day it's like climbing six mountains. Cause you go up and over a ridge, up and over, up and over, up and over. And that, was probably the most physically challenging through hike I've done was okay. that hike. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really hard. They're probably the hardest one I could even close to relate is when the girls and I did Tour de Mont Blanc and there was a couple days oh. where we did back to back passes. Yeah. And one day we did like twenty two miles and I remember just like it, that was, I was so done by the end because we actually yeah. need to go like a couple more, but you're in Europe and you can get lazy towards the end and be like, oh, yeah. I'm just going to hop on the bus. It's okay. So we bailed on the last few miles of like, you know, 22 was a lot. And are you, uh, so your family's kind of trailing you as you're doing yes. this, right? Do you check yeah. in with them like daily, every couple of days? How often are you meeting up I with try them? to talk. I try to talk to them every day and we try to meet up every few days, which okay. is really nice. So that, um, another reason why I can do so many miles is I don't have to carry a heavy pack. I'm already a pretty much of a lightweight. Like I don't carry a lot of the extra stuff. Like I don't even do a stove. I'd rather do cold soaking and not have to bother with, um, especially since those little propane canisters, this is kind of a tangent. They're so not good for the environment and you can't refill them or recycle them. So I'd rather just not deal with a stove and I'll just do cold soak or that type of food option. And then I don't have to worry as much about water. So I'm not carrying like five liters of water. I can get away with two and be fine. Okay. Um, and, th and then I don't, um, a lot of people love the hitchhiking and town experience. I'm pretty 
socially awkward and have a lot of anxiety. So the idea of hitchhiking, um, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts when I hike and that just totally, I don't think I could do that without thinking I was going to die. So they follow me up and they fill me up. But one of the flip sides that people don't think of, because I've gotten some interesting comments that, oh, I'm kind of cheating because my family helps me or I get to sleep in my bed is, um, because I see my family all the time, I have two younger kids in, um, one's 12 and one's eight. I'm writing their homeschooling lessons. I'm checking their homeschool lessons. I still prep and make like lunches and dinners for everybody. I'm going to town the grocery shop. I'm cleaning. So it's like, yeah, I agree. I get to sleep in my bed, but I also have to deal with a child who might be tantruming over a lesson I gave them. Right. it's oh like my goodness. Balance. First of all, like, which is making me so upset that anybody even has the nerve to like call it like cheating or not cheating. It's not, it, that's such the achievement mindset is so, like everything that's wrong with society. But yes. besides that, it's like when they say that, you just like, it, it takes a lot of internal strength, which I, I'm going to ask you some questions about, but to, yeah. to go like, okay, I just like the person who has the nerve to say that on the thing, like they, they obviously have issues. And it's really hard to just be able to like, you know what, this is my path. This is literally my journey. And so you're, you know, it's hard for you to put yourself out there because part of you probably feels like, you know what, I'm just going to go hike this trail. I don't need to share my experience. I'm just, it's about me. But then you have so many people like me and others that really want to see and be like, wow, it's so amazing what you're doing. You're inspirational. So yeah, it takes some thick skin, which I, I feel, yeah, it's not hard to, it's uh, kind of hard to have sometimes. Yeah. And part of it, you know, selfishly putting the story out there or talking to people. And I feel like as interesting as social media and this whole online community thing has been, I do feel like you can find actual valid community. And there are people out there that are encouraging me and helping. And I think um, I do get very hard on myself mentally. And that is a real, that's a weak spot. And that's part of the reason why I challenge myself with this stuff is just to see how far can I push that boundaries? Cause I'm my own personal philosophy, I guess, is I always want to be growing and learning. And so in a way, um, uh, every time you do something incredibly hard or you feel like you're going to give up, but you manage to do it, it doesn't necessarily mean the next time you have to do that same obstacle, it will be easy, but you're just a little bit stronger. You're just a little bit more of an understanding of who you are and where your boundaries are. And I just think that the sort of um, boundaries of the human experience can often can keep growing and expanding. And so that's a lot of reason why I want to be out in nature. I want to do things that like, this isn't easy for me. I'm not like, Oh yeah, 30 miles is like a walk in the park. Yeah. It's like, no, this is physically hard and more so it's mentally hard for me personally with some of my own inner struggles. And so the push and push and push, I feel like it's just helping me always evolve as a human and learn. Do you know your Enneagram? I don't. I tried a few tests, but I'm kind of all over the place. Every time I take them, if I'm in a different mood, I go from like seven to four to. From the little bit I know of you, you're probably a four wing three. And that's why this, this um, challenge that you're taking on is so great for the, what you're trying to balance. And it's interesting because um, maybe we can talk a little bit, but you, you've, you've, ra- you've raised a bunch of foster kids, 
right? Like yeah, quite a few. Thirty-four. Yeah, that's not just. Yeah, I think a bunch was an understatement. Um, it's amazing. You have a huge heart, and you, I don't know if you you probably already know that. You know, the girls and I talk about chakras a lot, and yes. so you have this really wide open heart chakra, and then. <laughs> As a 4-3, naturally, um, sacral chakra starts to be kind of one that's that's touchy, like this sense of individuality is is something you probably, uh, fours tend to walk really firmly into it, but then flee from it and come back and forth. So yeah. between a heart chakra and a uh, sacral chakra is Manipura or your solar plexus. And that's literally walking into the world, like it's what you do and like doing. And so it probably balances this heart and sacral chakra in like magical ways for you to have something yeah. where you're able to balance between your own sense of individuality and all that you're giving to, to the world or to these kids. And so it's, it is interesting. I always like look at it. I'm like, yeah. well, you found the perfect thing for, for you. Yeah, that's fascinating. I feel like you just analyzed me completely because I'm like, yeah, the individuality part, the running from it, like the other and needing, yeah, because the, I always feel when I'm by myself on these mountains, it's the one time when I feel so much, I feel so small in this bigger picture. And I, it's, I don't know how to explain it, but I love so many mountains and it's not like I sit up there forever, but when I'm up there, there's something where I just feel completely at peace. Like there's no one that I need to go to. There's nothing I need to do. I can just sit there. And then I like last like two minutes and I'm ready to go again. But just getting those little pieces of where that kind of the chaoticness that's always stirring in me just sort of settles a little bit. So absolutely. I, don't know. Because I totally relate because I'm same way with mountains and it's just like this interconnectedness when you get up there it's like life just makes sense it could be completely chaotic at home nothing yeah. else makes sense but you get up there and just like yeah this this is enough yeah enough. I'm enough this is enough I don't need more and yeah like yeah. you I don't sit still up there nearly as long <laughs> as I should but, I'm like, check, let's go. <laughs> I think even if we're up there, say five minutes, then 10 minutes, I think like in a way your soul feels like it stays up there longer and like it sits there and yeah. brings it, it. It's like time kind of stands still. So it might be short, but you're, you're absorbing a lot. I, I know what yeah. you feel like. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And I haven't been on top of a mountain for, for a while, I feel like right now. And so I'm super jealous. Oh. Summer's almost here. Yeah. It's neat. Yeah. So I, it was kind of, that's what I was thinking about when, um, when you do this, these trails and you might not think of it that this way, but like, it's almost like, it's almost like you're walking into your shadow self on the trail as like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're, you're taking in everything around you and this calmness, but you're also like going into like this sense of self and like going, it's like, as you go forward, you go in right? You feel like oh. as you're going down the trail, it's like, it just takes you deeper and deeper into, because you don't have so much time for like those ideas yeah. and this, this, like, it's the epitome of mindfulness in a way. 100%. I think, um, so I have kind of a rougher pass and I've alluded to some mental fun labels that I have. Um, and then also I, we have had 34 foster children and even though I would want to adopt all of them. The system's super messy and we've had to say goodbye to all but two. And um, just all the stuff 
that I kind of have is my reality, my day-to-day world of working with trauma, kids who've come from abuse, from, and people say, oh, I could never be a foster parent because I could never say goodbye. It's like, I can't say goodbye. I, I mourn my children and I miss them every day. And I wonder if they're safe and not being able to answer that question. Like these are all things that kind of haunt me. And so day-to-day life, I think I stay so busy because I want to have to process it but when I'm hiking I'll like lose track of times it doesn't feel like I'm hiking for eight hours because my mind is naturally in its own way slowly bringing stuff where I can think about it and then kind of letting it go and so a lot of times um, I'll be crying just because I'm remembering stuff or trying to figure out like okay what did I learn from that or just sort of praying for a child I haven't heard from in a while and so it, it is very much like I'm in nature and there's all this stuff that's going on. I'm making all these like checking off accomplishments on this trail. But a lot of it for me is just sort of all the stuff I can't talk about when I'm doing my life or that I don't understand or I don't have control of, especially with some stuff with my children. Um, It's just a way of letting myself heal and grieve and understanding more of like why I've chosen to do certain things in my life or like why this may have happened and where to move forward. But I really love that sort of imagery of like walking into the shadow and into yourself why I'm walking outside because it's that complexity. It completely makes sense. And it is exactly what's happening because my mind just loves to go to all these sort of like Pandora box dark places that, you know, when I'm at home or with my kids or like, um, with people, it all stays very away, you know, it like stays deep in my heart, all the aches, all that. I just kind of keep it far away for, um, cause you gotta live, you know, you can't just sit there and process everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Victor and I recorded a podcast today that'll be played before this one goes live and we were talking about that when he goes to San Diego because he has some significant trauma from his past and Mm. because of that he has there's he just has some sacral chakra blockages also and we are he just went back to San Diego to work and he what he does he overworks so that he doesn't have time to miss us or to think about these other things and you just end up overdoing because you don't because if you have too much quiet time it's like if naturally that stuff comes up to the, comes to the surface and then you're like, Oh, yeah. and if you don't have the right space to deal with that. And so it's, yeah, it's really amazing. Cause you said it like, how do pe- people say, how do you get rid of, um, how do you let go? And you're like, well, sometimes you don't have a chance to, to yeah. think about how I do, you just do. And it's almost the same yeah. as like physically when you go walk, you're like, how do you walk 30 miles? You just do. You step one foot and then another yeah. and another. And before you know the sun's setting, you're like, wow, I just ticked off 30, 30 miles. That's just life, right? You know, you just have to deal. Yeah. It's, it's messy. And it I, go ahead. I used to um, never solo hike. I actually avoided it because I, I, I knew that alone time without any distractions because you can have alone time, but you could be on your phone on social media. You could be reading, you could be doing whatever where you're still not actually um, just sitting. But when you hike, you can't do that 
at least I can. I'll trip and fall because I fall all the time. And so I avoided it like forever. And I was meeting with a mentor and he just said, I just want your project for this week is you just need to go for an hour hike by yourself. And I put it off for like months. I was like, no, it's not safe. I'm going to, what if I get lost? What if there's a bear? And like, I'm not like strong enough to do that. And finally I did it. And it was such a beautiful experience that that's sort of perpetuated where putting in a regular rhythm that I have alone time because I need to go there, you know? So, so why are you finishing, um, by June? Why are you trying to finish early? Do you guys have big things or other things this summer that you're hoping to do? Or it just was, you just wanted to be the first one across the finish line. I did not really set out to be the first one. Somehow, even though I didn't start first, I'm ahead of the pack. And so that was an interesting thing to realize because I thought I had read on all these blogs that like, oh yeah, PCTers often put in 30 mile days. And so I was like, oh good, I'm going to be with a bunch of people putting in 30 mile days. Come to find out like most PCTers don't go past a hundred miles. They like kind of get injured or didn't know what they were getting into. And then after that, only 20% actually finish. And so I I'm like, oh, I'm the only one out here still. And there's a big bubble like way behind me, which is fine because people intimidate me. But um, so like I, so my husband has to go to Palm Springs for a work thing. So we thought it would just be easier to be done by then. And then like, I just like the idea of zero days or slowing down just doesn't appear to my like go go yeah. energy. But our plans for the summer, I mean, we kind of want to learn how to mountaineer. So we're trying to figure out how to find a guide to teach us how to do that. And then um, I want to spend a lot of time in the Cascades because I we lived in Washington State for 10 years, but that was before I ever went outside. I just stayed inside all the time. So I would love to actually explore the state more but that's about it I mean we have uh, winter plans we bought a ski pass this year because we taught ourselves how to ski last year so now we're we're avid skiers but that's it like that's about it that's awesome I know I saw you guys that you guys went to Silver Mountain right Silver in Idaho yeah it looked really fun yeah I know ski it skiing's grown on me a lot um did uh say the oh we should climb um, Tetons together. Well, you did Middle yes. Teton. My Gabby yeah. really wants to do the Grand, but you need you need a little bit of gear, I think, for protection. Supposedly, I think we're supposed yeah. to have a little bit of climbing gear, so mountaineering skills. So, yeah, we yes. should aim for that. That would be fun. I think so too. I and especially since I hate weed. I like avoid it like the plague. Um, so I heard that isn't Gabby like a really great climber? Yes. Is yeah. So <laughs> maybe she could be the lead and yeah. <laughs> drag. So okay. So if anyone's be, listening, you want to be like another help us guide us up that because I know there's people out there that are like, <laughs> oh, we'll take you up. From what I know, you only need protection in one little area. Uh, we're gonna yeah. need to buy gear anyways. I told her I'm like, oh, just YouTube it. We'll be fine, Gabby. We'll figure it out when we're up there. But yeah, she is. Yeah, um, that's how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> and does your husband lead then the routes when you guys go climb? Yeah, okay. he does. He leads it, and then um, 
we also really there's some great top rope areas yeah. or we'll just it won't technically be a top rope but we will figure out how to scramble and hike up around and then kind of just belay down before so there's ways to get around it we've done we've done some sketchy stuff where i've sat there and been like oh we could have died just now <laughs> but yeah yeah that's how we're like uh so similar our souls are like on the edge all the time we uh before gabby got really good at climbing in the last couple of years that's exactly what i would do like i was comfortable leading five eight but like after that so there's like i'd always be like traversing and i would just traverse from one anchor to the other to set us up on something harder <laughs> yeah the kids totally make yeah. fun of me all the time they're like traversing <laughs> and it's usually more risky than if we just led the thing <laughs> right is, yeah <laughs> it totally is but that's you know if you it's just there's so much I'll get to a certain point and I'll be like maybe one or two bolts on the top and my mental game just is like ah, this is good enough we'll make this the top ankle and then we'll just I'll put one on that locks and just yeah. you know make it work <laughs> well that's awesome that's really good um so I asked um somebody I had interviewed last week uh, if you could tell your younger self any advice or what inspiration or, you know, what would you have told your younger self 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Um, geez, I think, I think I would tell my younger self that you were going to survive. Um, I struggled a lot and still have suicidal thoughts and I had some pretty very close um, times when I didn't think I was gonna wake up and I didn't kind of get out of it or ever really understand what happiness is or that you can feel joy or that um you wake up and want to live to the inside of me that would tell my younger self that feels very right now. I feel like this dark space is the only thing that is out there. But just to keep pushing and just to keep trying to expand yourself because you will meet other people that will help grow your heart or show you that there is another way to live and there are things that get you past whatever you've been through. And but I just think when I was young, I just never thought that I would be alive honestly right now i didn't think i was going to live past 18 and i almost didn't so it's kind of beautiful to see how my life is now and how many lives that i can i've been able to have included um and that i get to raise kids who don't feel darkness as i did as a kid so it's kind of a ramble but i think mostly it's just that life can be good and you are lovable and you are worthy of living i said i think dark times like they last forever yeah and my wi-fi was cutting oh there, there we go hey. <laughs> i don't know what happened sorry might have been fine no it's okay and i got most of what you're saying it just cut off at the um at the end like you're saying how like you didn't think you'd get past 18 and life is, you know, you realize it's so beautiful yeah. and there's people out there. There's a community out there. And yeah. do you feel like, um, was that about when you yeah. met your husband or, or was that way before you guys? Uh, so I met him when I was 20. 
So it was a couple years after that. Um, I had been dancing professional. I was a professional ballerina. I was dancing. And then I hit a wall. I was super depressed. I was using a lot of drugs. I was an alcoholic. And I um, started going to church. And that made a big impact on my life. And I got clean. And I met him actually in a Bible study. And I thought he was a jerk. (laughs) And our first date was horrible. But then after I was his first girlfriend and like his first kiss. And after three months, he was like, well, do you want to get married? And so we got engaged. And then six months after that, we got married. So from the first time I ever saw him or knew he was a person to our wedding day was only nine months. Okay. And now we'll be celebrating 15 years in June. Congratulations. So, um, That's awesome. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it was a good motivator. I mean, it was kind of a slow change. I think a big thing is after, um, so buckets are, our eldest was actually our first foster placement and we got to adopt her when she was two. And when I first met her, that was like the last time I drank, I drank because I wanted to be fully present. I wanted to be able to feel all the happiness and the sadness. And it was a good sobering realization that I was kind of using that to numb out a lot of those emotions because I was scared of them. Um, And that has definitely changed I think it's hard it's hard not to numb yourself but then again it's also gives you an opportunity to process stuff and so I'm in a lot healthier mental place now than then so and she's she's 12 right she's 12 now yeah Yeah. okay does she want to do some of the trail with you uh she doesn't no (laughs) I love I love Bucket she is a very quirky little butterfly but she is very much her own little spirit and she'd much rather climb trees and paint butterflies and chase squirrels than like hike but monkey our eight-year-old he wants he he did part of the colorado trail with me he camped and stuff and then he has done he actually did some of the pct with me he did a 30 mile day i told him if he wants to hike with me he has to do that and he did it he was a champion um he is the one that i he wants to be a mountaineer guide when he's older he's incredibly i think there's different intelligences and he's physically a genius he understands, even though he's very small and he has a medical condition, the way that he understands his body and how he, he is just adept at everything is just, and blows my mind to see how capable he is. But he is the one that, like, he wants to climb all the mountains. He's the one that did Mount Whitney with me. Okay. Um, and he loves rock climbing and he wants to do all the sports. So um, he's my outdoor adventure buddy. Honey is my, like, therapist. So that's kind of how they both fit into the world. Well, and isn't that the amazing thing, like, with homeschooling, is you can nurture different types of intelligence. You know, I mean, I I used to homeschool very traditional, like, would give my kids, like, Monday, this is what you're doing, Tuesday. Now it's, like, my youngest ones, I'm so hands-off. Like, you guys will just figure things out. Like, they have just different talents. And... Neither yes. one of them necessarily is uh, spelling or arithmetic really uh, high on our yeah. priority list right now. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's just amazing. You can just tell. And then as you learn more of their Enneagram or what their personality type is, you're like, okay, yeah, you, then you can kind of like push them in each direction where they want to go. And you'll yeah. have to read uh, Isabel had yeah. an article uh, 
she submitted to Yogi Approved, and it's all about oh. teenagers and sacral chakra. And it's it, you'll love it because it's okay. probably going to like touch on some of the things you were talking about that you felt like when you were going through those hard times or those yeah. dark times. And there's people don't realize how well. First, so many people probably can relate to you that you know you get around the wrong group or you don't have the right parenting or the right guidance and you just can feel so alone so easy and then today i'm sure people are struggling with yeah. it even more even if they're not teens as adults and um it's it's yeah. just it's, you know it's just it's gonna take time and but like us being louder and letting people know like there's another way you you know you feel alone but really there are people out there like you but i know that i know what you're feeling yeah. what you're feeling at times you just kind of shut out all the other things that i have a hard time engaging in the world too more so that i'm just so busy doing me yeah. and like oh well whatever that i forget like oh wow there's you know if i want to help people i have to be more vocal or if, you know things like that yeah I think right now, especially there, um, I feel energies a lot. I think I always tell the family, like different towns have different vibes. For sure. And there's so much like hostility. And I know that it's not because people are in anger is not a foundational emotion. It's a reaction to something else. It's always right. a secondary emotion. But there's so much anger because I think there's so much fear. I think people right. are terrified of losing what they want or not being able to get what they want. And so that fear become so hostile. So I've definitely been thankful for our lifestyle and thankful that I'm like alone in the wilderness because <laughs> it's just, it's too much for me, you know, cause I just want everyone to just like, just hug each other, you yeah. know? And then the, there's a whole nother tangent of the separation and not being able to touch um, and how that is profoundly changing the makeup of how we interact with each other. Right. And so for that's sure. a whole different tangent of like, um, I'm not a big touch person, but I recognize that like we are so having to stay away from people and having to sort of close off or like isolate long term has really kind of made people not empathetic towards other other humans. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of to me much more scary than um yes. and this is so controversial, but it's so it's scarier to me than sort of a disease. And I'm not like on either side, I don't like to protest anything, but I just, I just fear for that. I fear for what we're, our, this generation, our kids are seeing and learning and being exposed to that. You do so much to self-preserve instead of like sacrifice to like preserve the community in a way. I don't yeah. know. Well, Anyways, I, I, agree. I think about I think, that stuff a lot. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. I'm still strong believer that we're going to have a very big consciousness shift, but it's just, you know, how much worse does it have to get before, before we realize that? I mean, we, we pretty much stay out of any of those anger zones in the world. I, you know, for yeah. us yeah. where we are, like we hug, everyone hugs. I mean, when I got to South Dakota last summer and walk I'm like, Hey, we, hug, I hugged you guys hug here. And like, it's just, I can't, yeah. I agree. I just can't be in the, those hostile zones either, but it takes, mm. it takes a lot of courage to just, to be that assertive as assertive as I am in those situations to just be like, Hey, what's going on? Yeah. yeah let's, I don't know you, but we should hug anyways, because 
the only thing to fear is fear itself, yeah. right? And so it's um, super <laughs> important. It's it's very important to uh, for us to not forget the value and the ramifications of what will happen if we lose connectedness, if we lose that connection. It's the yes. same feeling you feel on top of the mountain is what you're trying to preserve in our interpersonal skills for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We have hope. I think we're going to turn it around. I don't know how it might get worse, but I tell you, anyone who's listening, you know, I say this over and over. I think as soon as you decide to find your tribe or you, or decide that you're worth, if you're not in a happy place, as soon as you decide and you tell the universe, like, I want something more, that more presents itself. And um, I told uh, the, in the first podcast where I interviewed somebody, it was in my astrology. Do you, do you uh, like read moon omens or anything? Do you know what moon omens is? No, not no. <laughs> moon omens is just um, like a Instagram account that does astrology. And my girls, like they have fun downloading okay. it each month where it says, okay, this, well, one of mine said something about like how important to find your soul tribe. And I'm like, I read it and it was like a light bulb moment to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally believe this, but I never prioritize it. I never make a point to do that yeah. in my life. And I'm like, right there, that's like what I messaged you, I messaged the person I, um, interviewed last week and it was like no it's time like i can start we can start small we can start with whatever's within our our uh, grasp or yeah it's attainable and so i'm like yes i totally believe there's a soul tribe out there and we need to be more vocal and bring people together so i'm thank i'm very thankful that you yeah. came off the trail so that we could connect i am so honored. I'm happy to get a connection with you. I feel like talking to you I'm much and um yeah, the only thing I really know about astrology is I'm a double Gemini and so I've told that I'm crazy because of that. So <laughs> that's I well, that's know. probably I like why I'm you... a Gemini and I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why so. you mistyped for I think you're a four three, but you could be a six seven and that that could make you miss test. Yeah. I could see that that like you a double Gemini, yeah. yeah. Well, I think if you're a double Gemini, you well, are living probably <laughs> the perfect life for you. As uh, I know my last question yeah, is to... very flighty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but could you imagine like if you if you didn't defy the norm, if you told yourself I am supposed to have a nine to five job in a suburban house with this car. Could you imagine how unhappy you'd be? Like, you know what I mean? The fact that you gave yeah. yourself permission to be you is so amazing. Yeah. I just, um, we tried, we tried to buy a house and we tried to do that. And I was just so miserable. I would just like sit in the corner and be like, there's too much space. I can't do this. We need to get out. And so it just wasn't for me. I mean, it's never been that way for me. Growing up, I had a different childhood. I was, I dropped out of school in middle school because I was dancing ballet professionally and very independent and traveling across the country and doing these competitions. And I just, um, I didn't have a, a traditional childhood and I don't think I would want it, have wanted one because I just, um, the idea of the normalcy of, uh, caring about fashion, that alone, I just, I can't like really wrap my mind that that would be fulfilling for me. And I, I like people love fashion and there's fashion designers and there's so much creativity in that. And I am 
more fascinated by what other people like to do than actually doing that. Like, I love that people get really into cooking. It fascinates me that you like that. And I want you to tell me all about it. But the idea for me to sit down and really study a cookbook, I'm just like, I can't, I can't do it. It's too, too much for me. <laughs> but yeah, and who knows? I, Maybe I don't, I don't mind it. <laughs> yeah. When you never know, right? You never know. 10 years from now, you might be like, totally obsessed with cooking and you're like I've made all these <laughs> you never know yeah right? that's <laughs> the one thing I promised my husband because the hiking thing is something that was new and I'm constant and then I got into trail running and then I did through hiking and then I got us into skiing and now I'm trying to inch him into mountain biking because I think that should be our next thing that we do and um, he's always like, he's the slow to burn. And I'm like, no, they're shiny. Let's run. That looks really cool. We should do that. And he's like, maybe we should give it some thought. And I'm like, no, let's go. And so I, that's the one thing I promised him. Cause he's like, where do you think we'll be in 10 years? I was like, I don't know myself. Who knows? Who knows where we will be, what we will be doing. I go, but the one thing I can't promise you is it's going to be something exciting. Cause I, I keep, um, I'm known as the fun parent because I keep everything very much like what's the next adventure? What's the new thing we can do? Cause I, I don't know, I'm going to be turning 36 in like, um, 10 days. And I'm just like, you can do all these new things when you're older. Like you don't have, I think you 20 year olds think they are the only ones that can do all this stuff. But I'm like, no, like I'm not done yet. I want to go right river rafting. I want to climb all the mountains. I want to go parasailing. Like there's so many things to do, but I anyways, I think that's part of the Gemini. Yeah. I was 36 when I first learned to surf. So yeah, I mean, see, I, I, that's one thing. You should I teach no me idea. I feel like no that. interested surfing. I was just like, <laughs> finally just started doing it. And then it became like my obsession for five years and I miss it tremendously, but yeah. I won't go to California. So Oh, well. <laughs> I, I'm excited to almost be out of California. We lived here for seven years down in Long Beach. And um, it's just not the same. I, yeah. I would never move back, I guess, yeah. is what I would say. I just, um, the focus of the culture was just something I couldn't really uh, take very well. And then to see the impact it was having, especially on honey, she's much more, oh, honey is Bucket's real name. Okay. She's much more impressionable by her surroundings. And when she started going to public school, I feel like I was starting to see, she's a very bright light. Like she, whenever she comes into the room, people are just attracted to her and she's very outgoing and she's very loving. And she, there's something about her that you just want to follow her. She's definitely has this light about her. And I started to see it dim. And when I started to see my like very gracious, loving, um, egregious daughter become where she's crying every day before school and like fading into the back and becoming very angry, I, I knew that we had to get out. I was like, no, I can't let my bright light um, yeah. fade. So yeah, it's true. That's what happened. Yeah. It totally happens like that. It's really hard. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, yeah, I'm very thankful that I've kept my daughters out of that, even though there's, they write about it all the time on their Instagram and on their blogs. And it's, it, it was hard at the time, but they're so thankful. And I'm so thankful that we were able to kind of protect that worthiness that, that internal worthiness and let yeah. that light shine. So that was great. 
Well, yeah. Caitlin, I really appreciate you joining me. I hope this summer we uh, cross paths. We really need to make an effort to, it sounds like I need to go to Washington. For sure. We'll meet up in the Tetons. Well, we're going to stay, so we're going to go to Washington, and then eventually we're going to go to Minnesota. I really want to see my grandma. Okay. And so we do, I've never been to the Dakotas, and that was one thing that um, I want to see North and South Dakota, and then we're definitely going through Montana, because I haven't been to Glacier yet, and I okay. wanted to see what the hype is about. Yeah. So we are going to be up here, and I feel okay. like that's where you guys dwell too, so yeah. we'll have to meet up. I mean, I think we've come within 100 miles of each other, like... At least two or three times, if not more. And it's, uh, yeah. but I, yeah, see, I just had, you know, timing has to be right. I was too introverted. So now I'm working yeah. on Soul Tribe. <laughs> um, and I'm introverted too. So I think that also causes the complexity because I'm like, yeah, that sounds really great. And it's like, oh, but that sounds really shiny over there. And so, and <laughs> yeah, then, you know, exactly. traveling, things happen, you know, but yeah. yeah. Does so. Um, if anybody wants to follow uh, Caitlin Runaway Musbus, and the link will be in the description, but she uh, is an inspiration to follow. She has amazing posts. I wish I kept up as well because of my intro. I end up not, I fall behind. It's really hard to keep up on social media and maintain oh, sanity, yeah. but usually my girls keep me up to date, like, oh, <laughs> Caitlin's at this part or this. Side. I'm like, all right, good. <laughs> they keep me keep my head attached. <laughs> Otherwise, I think it would be I would have lost it a long time ago. You have a great you have a great family. I love yeah. the way you and your daughters are so close. Like that's really cool to see a family that's super close like that. So they're, they're good job. Really nice. <laughs> I know if I could put it in a in a bottle and sell it, then we can. But but who needs money? Money's we're happy. We're happy. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you. All right, Caitlin. It was nice chatting with you. I'm going to.